Hmm. Amen. Amen. Good reminder uh, to think about some of the things we perhaps take for granted, but uh, good to be with you. Um, Man, how's everyone doing? You doing good? Amen? Amen. Yeah, awesome. Smile at me. Remember the old rule I've always had. If you smile at me, I preach shorter. If you don't, it goes on and on and on. So you have to at least pretend like you're enjoying yourself here at church. Amen? No, because we are, because we... We do come in gratefulness and thankfulness to, uh, to God. I love this time of the year. Um, love the anticipation of, of sitting around and enjoying time with family and friends and the good food. Amen. <laughs> and uh, football. Can't leave football out. Cowboys play every Thanksgiving. So um, just want to point out and say hello to a friend of mine who happens to be here from across the pond, Sam. Say hi, a pastor friend and uh, someone I actually got to spend uh, just right before Thanksgiving last year. I was in England last year and got to hang out with Sam, but a good, great young pastor who is uh, coming along. And uh, if I had known you would be here, I would have made you preach, man. So, all right, all right. <laughs> Again, good to be with you. Glad you're here with us at the bridge. Please join us uh, every week and invite some folks along. Uh, just a quick reminder about Pack the Force. It's December 5. It's coming up. Um, you remember, we, we packed 60,000 meals. That's our goal uh, to serve hungry children here in our community. And we, are, um, we, are, and we also raise a lot of money. And uh, we, we are right there, man. I'm blown away. I, I really am. I'm grateful to Forest Lake Church. We are at 13,000. If you weren't here earlier, amen. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, literally, just a few weeks ago, I was like, you know, <laughs> we need some money. And, um, and you guys really came through. The entire church has really um, rallied around um, this, this opportunity and this campaign. So thank you very much. We still have some space for volunteers. If you'd like to join in and be a part of Pack the Forest, it's 3 to 5, December 5th. And we're packing a lot of meals. Uh, we're over 300 volunteers, but I can go to about 350, even 400. So sign up, forestlakechurch.org. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we have this morning. Thank you for this season. And as we are reminded of the enormous blessings that we are blessed to enjoy, Father, may we not lose sight of those around us either. And so for those of us who have been blessed, may we indeed be a blessing. We're grateful, Father. We're grateful for what you've done and how you continue to act in our lives. May you make us constantly aware of that so that we might live differently. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Growing up, I recall um, various books being around the house as I was growing up. One of those happened to be um, by a guy by the name of Dr. Seuss. And maybe you remember, maybe you grew up with Dr. Seuss books around your house. I don't necessarily recall my family reading them to me, but I do remember kind of reading them myself. Green Eggs and Ham, right? Remember that song? That, that song, that story? Remember that book? Maybe you read or you read those to your children today. But then I came across another book by Dr. Seuss, uh, it's called On, On Beyond Zero, On Beyond Zero, uh, or Zebra. Man, I can't get the books right this morning. On Beyond Zebra. Maybe you've heard of this one 
as well. And basically it's the story of a young boy by the name of Conrad Cornelius O'Donnell O'Dell. And he's quite happy with himself because he's learned his ABCs and he's pretty much convinced his other friend that that's really all you need to know. And once you've got those ABCs down, you've got everything you will ever need. So I want to read to you just a little bit, you know, go back in time a little bit, and, and I'm going to read to you, but listen to these words, and perhaps we can learn a little bit from Dr. Seuss about, about who God is, the nature of God, and what he's like, or at least maybe we get some hints. Perhaps Dr. Seuss had no idea that anyone would ever use his writings to get some sort of theological perspective, but we're going to go for it this morning. Listen to these words. Said Conrad Cornelius O'Donnell O'Dell, my very young friend who was learning to spell, the A is for ape, the B is for bear, the C is for camel, the H is for hair, the M is for mouse, the R is for rat. I know all letters like that. Through to Z is for zebra. I know them all well, said Conrad Cornelius O'Donnell O'Dell. Now I know everything, right? Anyone knows from beginning to end, from the start to the close, because Z is as far as the alphabet goes, he says. Then he almost fell flat on his face on the floor when I picked up the chalk and drew one letter more. A letter he had never dreamed of before, and I said, you can stop if you want with the Z, and most people stop with the Z, but not me. In the places I go, there are things that I see that I never could spell if I stopped with the Z. I'm telling you this because you're one of my friends. My alphabet starts where your alphabet ends. My alphabet starts with this letter called Yez. It's the letter I use to spell Yezimates. You'll be sort of surprised what there is to be found once you go beyond Z and start poking around. So on beyond zebra, explore like Columbus, discover new letters like Wum, which is for Wumbus, my whale who lives high on a hill and who never comes down till it's time to refill. So on beyond Z, it's high time you were shown that you really don't know all there is to be known. And what a profound lesson, not just for small children, but for the adults as well. And again, I don't think Dr. Seuss ever had any intentions of making such a profound contribution to the world of theology, but he does help us begin to understand something about the nature of God and ultimately how God works. You see, God is beyond Z. He's beyond zebra. You can't put God in a category. You cannot confine him to simply A through Z. And you certainly can't put God in a box. You can't explain him. He's on beyond zebra and so much more. Just listen to Job. Job of all people would know just how amazing God is. Job 36, 24 through 26. Listen to these words, right? Remember to extol his work. That is God's work. Remember to extol his work, which people have praised in song like we did this morning. All humanity has seen it. Mortals gaze on it from afar. How great is God. And notice what it says, beyond our understanding, the number of his years is past finding out. Wow. And what we'll begin to find and what we'll begin to discover is that what is important for us as believers is to know that this 
this our God is beyond our comprehension. That even though he is beyond our comprehension, the same God is also compassionate and intimate with us. He's far and distant and transcendent, but he's also close and intimate and compassionate. That's sort of the way God works. You feel God draw near. You feel his comfort and his presence, and yet he is beyond comprehension. And that's why we're thankful. That's why we're grateful. We needed a God who was so much more. We needed a God that went beyond a zebra. It's the reason we praise, because if he wasn't, if he wasn't, we'd be stuck in the same old messes we were stuck in in the past. We would have no hope for anything beyond the current circumstances that we operate in. There would be no need for testimonies if God wasn't beyond Z. So I want to take you to a story. Um, It's a New Testament story. It's found in the Gospels. It's found in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. I believe it goes through about uh, verse 19, but we're going to look at the story. It's Perhaps a story familiar to you. It's only found in the Gospel of Luke. Luke records it. And uh, just to give you a little bit of of context here, um, back in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, and that's not going to be on the screen, but back in Luke chapter 9, um, Jesus announces his farewell tour. Essentially, he would take off from a place called Capernaum in Galilee, and he would travel down to Judea. Uh, to Jerusalem, and that would be the end of the line, if you will, for Jesus. He was heading to the cross. But along the way, he would, he would just sort of, he would just sort of minister to people along the way, and he would, his disciples would follow him. And it was, it was during this farewell tour, if you will, that, that he, he, he gathered large crowds, that lots of people began to gather around him. It's as if, um, his, his, uh, uh, his divinity was beginning to sort of peek through and he began to attract lots of people who were saying, man, I need, I need something more. I need something more. And he'd, he'd interact and he'd come in contact with people who were broken and hurting, who were physically ailing, who were sick, and he touched their lives. And all along the way, he's making a difference. It's, it's as if he sort of, he, he took it up a notch because he's on his way out and he wants to leave an impression on the people and the people are the people are drawn to this Jesus there's something beyond disease he's just not a prophet he's something more than a prophet there's something going on with this Jesus and so that's sort of the context of this story and it's one of these occasions where Jesus as he's making his way south he comes into a village, and you can see it there, Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, if you're following along. And Jesus, I'm just going to summarize some of these verses. I won't read the entire thing for you. But Jesus says he makes his way into a village. Verse 12 says, um, Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy or have pity on us. So you have these 10 lepers and Jesus is coming along. They're obviously in dire straits. They have, they have issues. What must it have been like to have leprosy back in that day? 
Well, you were disenfranchised. You were seen as unclean. You were discarded. You were done away with. And worst of all, you were seen as someone who was outside the favor of God. God couldn't possibly be happy with you because you have this dreaded, awful disease. And so that's their dilemma. Those are the circumstances they find themselves in. And yet they see Jesus as possibly one who can resolve their issues. And we continue to read on. Verse 14 says, when he saw them, he said, it's kind of interesting, Jesus in verse 14, he says this, when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed, sure enough. And what I find interesting about this passage is that it's almost just sort of a passive thing that Jesus does. There's no drama, it would appear from these passages, surrounding this, this healing of these 10 lepers. There's no drama. It's not like Jesus walks over. Remember when Jesus found the one guy who was blind and he spit in the ground and he made a mud pie and he put it on the guy's face and he, he cleared him of his blindness? Remember that? You wonder where those spa treatments come from. That's where that came from. No, I'm joking. That's not where that came from. Are y'all out there? Hello? Hello? That was a good line, and you missed it. I'm terribly concerned about all of you. But there's no drama. Jesus sort of says, yeah, hey, go show yourselves to the priest, because he would certify you as clean. And notice what happens. Notice what happens. Um, As they were on their way, Jesus heals them. Jesus cleanses them from this leprosy. And then it says in verse 15, notice what happens. Here's where the drama comes in. He says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, just one out of the ten, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So this one who's a foreigner, who's a Samaritan. And if you remember anything about scripture and these stories throughout the gospels, you find that the Samaritans in particular are, are the most despised by the Jewish people. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of tension between the two groups. More than that, there's a lot of hatred between the two groups. And yet Jesus, Jesus takes it upon himself to tell three, at least three significant stories about these Samaritans. Remember the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, right? Talks about her and her faith. He leads her to Christ, leads her to God. And then he has the, the story that he tells about the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? And now we have the story of this leper, this foreigner, this the Samaritan who is also a leper. And it's this one who comes back and not only praises God, but falls at his feet and honors God and worships God, worships Jesus. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think as this leper, as this Samaritan got a glimpse of who this Jesus was, I think his healing went far beyond the physical ailment that was, that was plaguing him. I think it way, went way beyond the leprosy. I think as this, as, this, as this Samaritan leper just caught a glimpse 
of this Jesus and he, he sort of glimpsed the divinity and the, the, the transcendent nature of who Jesus was, he began to understand that there was more to more to than just, there's more to life than just the healing of his circumstances and the taking care of his leprosy. That he needed more. And it wasn't so much that God had taken care of his leprosy and had healed his flesh as much as God, he saw, he saw God through Jesus could heal his soul. He realized that, it, that, yeah, his circumstances were bad. He was an outcast. He was estranged. He smelled bad. His flesh hurt. It was painful. He was broken. He was a mess. And he realized, though, that there was more to live in. There was more to, to just having my circumstances change. There was more, than, more to this life than just the physical healing and the changing of my circumstances that he needed. I needed a God. I needed a Jesus who is beyond Z. Because that Jesus who is beyond Z, that God who can do so much more than I can even comprehend, can do so much more than just change my circumstances and heal my body because I need not just a healer, I need a savior, man. And that's what he began to understand. He just got a little glimpse of it. So here's the thing for you and me. Isn't life sometimes like leprosy? Yeah. Sometimes you and I go through stuff and our lives stink. Sometimes we have to deal with the reality of brokenness and bruises and the, and the ugliness of humanity. Sometimes life stinks. Sometimes we are undesirable. Sometimes we are just broken and we feel discarded. We feel pain. We feel like we're outcasts. We feel like there is no way on the face of the planet anyone cares about me. And yet it is in those moments that God begins to sort of speak to us in some way or another we begin to catch a glimpse of God and that he is, he is far more than we could ever imagine. And he's much bigger than my circumstances. He much, he's much bigger than the reality of my discardedness. He's much bigger than the reality of how much of an outcast I've become and how smelly my life has become and how undesirable I have become. He's much bigger than that. And in fact, I need more than that. Because you see, you know what happens. You know what happens. The nature, the nature of, our, of, of the gospel and so forth is that we needed a God who could, in fact, make us acceptable. We needed a God who could, who could come in and replace our, our sin and take away our sin and cleanse us. Remember, the whole thing with these lepers is that they were seen as unclean, right? And this leper... This leper goes and he, he discovers that he is now clean and he can go before the priest and now he'll find acceptance. But he realizes, no, I don't just need that sort of acceptance. I don't just need to be cleansed physically. I need a cleansing that will make me, that will allow me to stand before God and be saved. He needed so much more, but he needed a savior that was so much more. Jesus wasn't just any prophet, he was the prophet. He's not just a God who can change your circumstances, he changes the very way that God sees you. 
Standing there alone in your filth and in our stench and in our, in our brokenness, you and I are nothing. But thankfully, we have a Savior who became everything. And he, because of his sacrifice, because he is beyond a Z, can step into our place. And whereas we might be limited by A to Z, our circumstances are just A to Z. Our circumstances, uh, you know, our physical ailments, the things that trouble us, as dire and as painful as those things are. God says, I came to do more. And I will change your circumstances. I will heal you. I will make you well. But I'm going to make you first and foremost acceptable before a holy God. You see, the depth of our thankfulness and the reason why we come back and the reason why we're kind of that one leper that comes back because you and I realize that, that the moment I surrendered, the moment that I came before this God who was, was way beyond anything I could ever imagine, that's the moment when I realized that I needed more. Because the reality is this side of heaven, sometimes our circumstances won't change, Right? Sometimes the cancer won't go away. Sometimes there won't be healing in this life. Sometimes the marriage won't get better. Sometimes the relationship won't be reconciled. Sometimes they won't get well. But you can rest assured that the God who can and he does take care of our circumstances here, he will ultimately make all of us well. And he has, in fact, already, he has, in fact, already taken care of the brokenness that we live with. He has already taken care of the ultimate circumstances that we find ourselves in. The circumstances that we could not pull ourselves out of, the, the mess that we are in. He has, in fact, taken care of that. And so you and I, as we stand before an awesome God, have the opportunity to be that one that comes back. And it isn't so much that we come back because, you know, hey, God's blessed us. We are provided for. We have a roof over our head. We have food on our table. We come back because we know that this God has done something far beyond zebra. In Jesus, we find acceptance with the Father. Through Jesus, you and I are no longer smelly, undesirable, disconnected, not embraced, but we are loved and healed and provided for. Isaiah puts it this way. Check this out. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. Listen to this. He says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Our circumstances have changed. You and I, though we are crushed in this life, though we may find that we struggle with sin, the reality is the God of the universe took care of those circumstances. He solves those issues for us. So we are grateful this morning. We are thankful this morning for all that we get. 
We will sit around tables and we'll enjoy the blessings of God. We'll enjoy how he has changed our circumstances. I, you know, we, we struggled with this or we were, this relationship was broken. This thing gave us issues. We do in fact see the hand of God at work. But we rejoice with a depth of thankfulness that recalls the ultimate circumstance that Jesus solved. And that was our distance from the Father. That was our unacceptance before him until Jesus came. See, during this farewell tour that Jesus is on, there's one message that he embodies and there's one message that, that he's trying to point his hearers and his listeners and his followers to. Is that I'm going to make things right between you and the Father. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to clean you up and I'm going to make you acceptable before the Father. You ain't seen nothing yet. You think I can heal leprosy? You wait a second. I'm going to heal the ultimate leprosy. I'm going to solve your ultimate problem. So indeed, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. I don't know if you guys... um, if you watch uh, some of these shows on TV, um, but I find myself, and my wife and I find ourselves watching HGTV a little bit, right? I know that's not like a cool guy network to watch, but I watch it sometimes. It's kind of interesting. One show in particular, and I know maybe most of you ladies will know the Chip and Joanna Gaines show, right? The Fixer Upper show. Y'all watch that show? Yeah, it's, it's quite, quite cool. They're, they're in Waco, Texas, and uh, they're these folks that uh, she's a designer and she does all the creative stuff. He's a guy that sort of uh, refurbishes and fixes up and remodels these houses. And, and at the end of the day, you know, they have these beautiful homes. But what I always find really cool is, is the reveal, right? So they bring these couples out who have bought these, purchased the home, and, and the couple has gone in and they've done all the remodel, they've done all the fixing, upping and, uh, and they bring them out there and they say, okay, you ready to see your new house? And boom, you know, they, they roll back this thing and it's amazing. It's just awesome, you know? And uh, so you see, this, um, you see this new house that's been totally redone, totally restored. And the people are just blown away. You kind of go, I would have never, if you saw the house before, I would have never imagined that this house could become what that house is. And you just kind of go, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. The reality is, you and I needed a major, 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 major makeover. We needed something dramatic to happen in our lives. And if you look at your life and you look at your circumstances, if you understand the depth of the gospel, that how far off track we were and we are because of sin, and yet God comes and he reveals himself and he does this marvelous work of reconciling and restoration. And you and I are changed. You and I are different. When the Father looks at you and he looks at me, thank God he sees something that's been totally restored. 
Not by anything that you've done, not by anything that I've done, but because of Jesus being beyond zebra. Because he was the only one who had the capacity and the power and the transcendence to make the change that needed to be changed. And so you and I come and we are thankful, not just because God can pay a bill, not because Jesus can even restore a relationship, but because Jesus, Jesus, ultimately took care of all that needed to be taken care of. He restored the relationship between you and the Father. Because of that, we're grateful. We praise him. We worship him. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of this season. While we're ever aware and conscious of your divine blessings in this life, the temporal things that you do, God, may we never lose sight of the dramatic thing that you did that only you could do. You changed our standing between, before an awesome and mighty God. You make us acceptable. You cleanse us. You restore us. You take us from a place that we never thought we could be to a place that we never thought we could be. In Jesus' name, amen.